Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Hi, everybody. Welcome to today's Recovery Talks Facebook Live event. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Brent Morris. I'm a peer service, services coordinator here at Montana's Peer Network. And joining me today is... Michelle Lewis. Michelle, share a little bit about yourself or... Yeah, I'm a, and a, I'm a member of MPN. I am a certified behavioral health peer support specialist, and I am a co-owner of Wellness and Recovery Consultants, and I'm grateful to be here today with you today, Brent. Thank you. Okay, the topic we'll go over today is in our recovery journey, living with cross disabilities. Before we go into depth into this topic, though, let's do some announcements for Montez Per Network. So one event coming up is a Peer Support 101 follow-up webinar on March 23rd at 6 p.m. This event supports those folks that have completed the Peer Support 101 training and dealing with some of the barriers and um, obstacles in certification and looking at their utilizing their career as peer supporters in Montana. Another event we have coming up is the Youth Move Facebook Live event on March 24th at 6 p.m. This event will look at the Youth Move um, across in the, in the nation and what we can do in Montana for youth in recovery. So another event we have coming up is the Stimulant Youth Recovery webinar on March 31st at noon and 6.30 p.m. This is a peer recovery focus on stimulant drug use disorder. Okay, next we have the skill shape up on March 30th at 6 p.m. This will look at um, supporting the paid members, the certified behavioral peer support specialists members, It'll look at their scope of practices. And this event offers two CEUs in support of certification. This event also replaces the speed skills webinars. For more information on trainings and events at Montez Per Network, please um, feel free to look at our website at mtpeernetwork.org. That's mtpeernetwork.org. Dot org. Okay, everybody, thanks again for joining us. Let's get into our topic. Um, working um, in recovery, living with cross disability sometimes creates different obstacles, different barriers. So today we're going to um, we'll look at some tools and some um, deals that some parts of our lives that Michelle and I have dealt with. Michelle, do you want to go first and share a little bit about yourself? Well, I just want to share a little bit about 
what I actually deal with. I um, have um, cross disabilities that deal with both cerebral palsy, which is a muscular um, skeletal, neuromuscular skeletal issue, um, which is a static condition um, that has occurred since birth. And I also have um, bipolar disorder uh, with anxiety. So that's what I kind of deal with. Um, Brent, what, what is it that you have? So I deal with uh, so I deal with a um, a genetic retinal progressive eye disease called retinitis pigmentosa, and I also deal with um, anxiety, which leads into some work with depression, that type of thing. So um, a lot of people will deal with, you know, they may have a, a diagnosis, behavioral health diagnosis. And they also deal with chronic pain, different things. A lot of us don't um, realize how the two, the physical and emotional parts of our bodies work together. So again, let's leave this um, holistically. Look at our whole bodies, our whole health. So Michelle, what are some of the, um, what are some of the things you've looked at in your recovery dealing with some of the self-awareness? It's interesting that you should talk to me about that because in preparation for this um, Facebook Live event, I was kind of looking at my RAP, which is my recovery planning. I'm, as a RAP facilitator, that's another thing that I do, um, not only for a living, but in my own life, I do a lot of recovery planning to help myself um, feel better and stay well. Um, I was looking at my wellness tools, or sometimes people look at this as ways to cope. I like to look at ways to cope as ways to stay well. Kind of puts me in the driver's seat to think of wellness tools. And I was looking at ways I stay well physically and ways I stay well mentally. And I noticed that ways I stay well mentally um, not are not ways that always affect me physically, but ways that I stay well physically always affect me mentally. So say for instance, when I can utilize uh, a hot shower or a heating pad or um, physical stretching, physical therapy, those things always help me mentally. Um, time out in the sun, something warm, those things always help me mentally. And so I decided that, you know, through this preparation that maybe a little more time spent working towards my physical wellness is really important in sustaining my mental wellness. I've always focused so much on my mental awareness and my mental wellness and maybe neglected a little bit of my physical wellness um, when it comes to my cerebral palsy because I've lived with it all my life. So I've kind of put it on the back burner a little bit and just kind of um, carried it with me all the time and maybe not given it the, um, what is, what it's due, you know, the, the attention that it's due. That's what I noticed. That's what I noticed in just preparing for this. So it is important for us to look at our whole bodies, huh? Oh, definitely. Definitely. So so with me, you know, um, the blindness, you know, the my diseases progress, you know, I'm blind. So in my recovery, dealing with trouble with alcohol early in life and different things, you know, I 
always looked at my my eyesight as the barrier. But a lot of times now in you know the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, I also I know that my anxiety plays as much or more of a barrier than the eyesight. And I have to focus, like you were saying, you know, on both. And whether it's, you know, the fresh air, the sun, um, lifting weights for me, different things, um, prayer, you know, all these dynamic pieces work in recovery. And I went through a struggle a lot of time in my life with um, my, my determination with myself to not give up, you know, and there were thoughts of suicide and different things. So, you know, understanding and seeing the whole, my whole self has really empowered me. Um, you know, and part of, you know, in part of the field of work I'm in and a lot of meeting new people daily, different events, different things, um, there's the hidden disabilities and just saying, how do you feel? How do you, how does that work with you? Well, I, I don't, I don't really know. I, I think it's, it's been a struggle in all ways for me. I kind of think that mentally, I think the goalposts are moving for me right now because I'm getting older. So one in one respect, I say what I just said to you and that I, I, I'm noticing that my physical health can be attended to. And at the same time, as I'm getting older, my physical health is, is declining in some respects, which is challenging my mental health, if that makes sense. It, I, I'm not sure I'm answering your question, Brent. So, you know, well, feel free. That, feel I guess free. Part of, well, you brought up a great effect about the balance we have to have too, you know, for our health and wellness. You know, what I was working towards is some of the um, some of the public and people we work with, some of their view of the hidden disabilities and different things, understanding what we deal with. You know, dealing with the cross disability. If something oh, isn't oh. seen, you know, they don't see. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I kind of got a little, <laughs> I got a little distracted by the chat box. So excuse me that I missed your question. Um, uh, certainly, I think that that is definitely something that that happens. I, I've actually had someone say to me, um, in fact, even the 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 amount or the 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 severity of the disability has also been in question. Someone has said to me, "Oh." Um, you know, you, I didn't realize you had cerebral palsy. Um, you don't look like you have cerebral palsy. You're, um, oh, you're so lucky. <laughs> and it's like, oh, oh, I, I want to say to him, you know what, I'd be so much luckier if I didn't have it at all, you know, <laughs> or, or in fact, the, the invisibility part of it, the, like the visible versus the invisible, is that that's kind of what you're talking about also? Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, and that's the other piece are, of it. Yeah. People that's around the other, us know, yeah. Yeah, that's the other piece of it is, is, is sometimes people, and I think that goes to 
gets hidden by the ability, and it's not showing up today, my, the ability to be articulate um, <laughs> gets hidden, the, the, the hidden disability gets, gets, gets couched in there and people don't see that and they can't, they don't know how to accommodate that. And I think that really goes to people who may not have other disabilities because people, it's easy to see me and they want to open a door. They want to open a door to see, they see my physical disability and they automatically will open a door for me, but they don't necessarily see my fear or my anxiety or my panic that's going on inside, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And, and if I just might mention here, we have in the chat from Ashley, um, Ashley's asking, is being in recovery from a physical disability different than being in recovery from a behavioral health mental, uh, ah, see, I can't read. Is being in recovery from a physical disability different than a behavioral health, mental health recovery for you guys? It doesn't make sense, but it's, it's basically, she's asking, is being in recovery from a mental health disability different than being in recovery from a physical health so I'll answer that. I'll go first. So for me, um, no, you know, I look at it's, it's my whole health, my holistic health, and I have to, um, my blindness people is hidden unless I have the cane in my hand or something. People see me struggling to, you know, feel my way around, but then there's, so that awareness of the public is an issue I deal with, the anxiety and the fear, different things. Um, but the tools I use for, I use the same tools to support my wellness with both. So for me, it's the recovery is some of the same tools. Mm -hmm. How about you? I mean, I, I would share with you that same thing that some of the tools are the same. I mean, that's what I was kind of talking about earlier is that they, they're very much the same. Um, my wraps are, they really coincide. Um, that being said, I would say my recovery from mental health up until recently has been more challenging because um, my mood um, my mood challenges and my anxiety in particular anxiety, I have been, has been really difficult, but, but because my rap has been, so, I've been so full force on my rap with my mental health that, or my wellness tools that I've been able to manage and have action plans where I've really been, like I said, let my physical health wrap kind of go by the wayside until I've noticed that goalpost as I get older that I really need to really work on my wrap for my physical health. And then wow. until I do that, it's going to play a role in wow. my recovery. I, um, and, and people, I think, are challenged by the idea that you can recover from a physical disability, right? Uh, like CP. Like, how do you recover from CP? It's there, but you can't because you can recover a life that you want to live. That's the point. So I guess in, in what you just shared too, um, my knowing, I was diagnosed with my eye disease when I was five years old. It's genetic and there's no one, you know, nation worldwide actually, and, and there's no cure. 
So some of the anxiety is, you know, having going, you know, you will be blind someday. You don't know when, you know, how the progression will go, but I know I will be blind. So that growing up and going through life, that was always a fear. As the blindness, like you mentioned, the goalposts and, you know, aging. So being blind now, I know that's here. So then the anxiety and some of the unknown and the fear has been harder for me to um, understand. So in dealing with those, the both disabilities, like you said, in your life too, kind of shifting now to where I'm, I'm looking at the, um, the mental as learning more about it to, um, with the barriers. Cause I, I, the blindness is here is not going away. So I know that's there. Some of the things that cause some of the challenges it causes can, you know, deal with the, the fear and anxiety and unease, that type of thing. Um, any other thing, anything else in the chat? Yeah. Yeah. So um, Amanda says, what is the most important thing you would like to share with peers on mental and emotional healing and living with co-occurring physical and emotional conditions? So my um, part of it is for us to look at our whole health. It's very, very important to have the balance, you know, in our lives. Um, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, you know, along with the social um, and, you know, the economical, everything, you know, the, um, in, in my recovery, the balance is most important to feel the best, I guess, or to do the, just to be the best I can be, you know, is my holistic, the holistic health and, uh, and the balance. How about you, Michelle? Well, I think I was reminded of this even just yesterday that there's this idea um, called ableism, and I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's, it's the idea that we have this thing that we can do to ourselves that people can assume, the outside world, can assume that we can do things or construct the world that kind of excludes people with disabilities. Um, maybe putting steps where it's just because it's cute or that's the trend to put a couple of steps into a house. And, and it just really, this new way of building or you know, um, uh, making the world kind of just automatically excludes people with disabilities. But we can exclude ourselves, and I and I, <laughs> I thought, wow, this is some kind of process that I didn't even think about. That we can be putting expectations on ourselves, and that it's not bad to have expectations. It's not bad to set goals, but it's bad to say, you know, I should be doing this faster. I should be getting this done. I should be doing this like someone else. Just always, kind of putting expectations on ourselves that maybe be might be beyond what I can do at the moment. And 
and saying that what I can do isn't good enough. Like never saying that I'm good enough. Um, I can be at work, for instance, at, at work where I work and, and maybe clerical work isn't my forte because I have these disabilities, but it doesn't mean I'm not good at going to the Capitol and shouting out to say, hey man, we need to be on the Board of Behavioral Health. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm so, saying? So Michelle, it's like you're a mouse in the corner of my office because you know that's exactly how I am with myself, you know, feeling I have to measure up, feeling I have to be equal or, you know, do something as well or, you know, someone without a disability, different types, you know, so I'm very hard on myself. It's like you knew my, you knew about me personally. <laughs> um, and that's part of my too, you know, part of my recovery is being able to, you know, um, I say forgive myself. I, I call myself, I tell myself I'm failing. Um, and part of you brought up about some of the um, example, structural different things, steps, everything. You know, and even the awareness of the public knowing our, what we're dealing with is our advocacy, you know, being advocates for ourselves, being open to share, open to educate, that type of thing. Um, in my recovery story, people will see, you know, this guy watching with a, a sighted guide or has a cane, low vision, blind cane, so he's blind, and then they'll tell her things and they're shocked, you know, different things about my struggle with alcohol in the past and different things, mental health. And so um, being a self-advocate is also a powerful tool that I've utilized. Has that worked out for you at all or? Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you would bring that up, Brent, because in the chat we have Jennifer who has said, if you have a cross disability and providers want to just focus on one area, how do you engage providers to collaborate? And it's just something you just said. You tell your providers, you tell your providers that you that you um, have struggled with alcohol in the past or you've struggled, you know, that you tell your providers, you bring that into the conversation by advocating for yourself and doing that um, with your cross disabilities. Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, you know, being a self-advocate has empowered me to tell my story into the depth to where it, you know, it explains, you know, what I'm dealing with. Yeah. And what I think is great about the power of telling, we get to tell our own story, right? And that's, mm -hmm. that's powerful too, right? And, um, and I, I think, I'm just trying to think about Jennifer's question and I don't know, trying to get, doctors to sit at the table together or talk to each other to collaborate on much as you know everybody's turf war so I, I, I'm not sure that I've I'm not sure that I've needed them to because I don't have a lot of providers that provide specifically for my cerebral palsy I have a neurologist that sees me from time to time I have lots of, lots of little different things pieces and parts to my problem like back issues and then you heard me talk earlier um, about that I have now have um, feet and leg issues and so it's kind of like I have piecemeal issues that deal with my 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 disability it's not like I have one disability doctor and one mental health doctor I have several disability doctors and then a mental health provider so 
I, I don't think I could get them all to be talking together. I, I maybe if I needed to, I, I think that I have them all listed in in um, as pieces of, of a wrap, but I don't have them all talking together. I was amazed that I had two back doctors talking together about my back. So, you know, in a, in a perfect world, Jennifer, <laughs> you know? So, you know, this, you know, our conversation has been, you know, great. And, it, you know, it kind of leads me to, to, you know, understand more that, you know, all of our journeys are independent. You know, um, no matter what we're dealing with, you know, look at the hope. And if we tell our stories and we're honest with ourselves and others, um, the recovery will move forward, you know. Yeah. And th there will be those days when they hit the bumps and obstacles and barriers. But that's okay, you know. It'll work out. And that we can use the tools we have in our in our box to utilize that situation. Yeah, um, Brent, we have another question in the chat. Do we have another? Do we have a little bit more time? I'm not sure, actually. <laughs> okay, no, yeah, yeah, it looks like we do. I think we do. So um, let's see. Um, this one comes from um, Amanda. It says. Do you see moving through life as a transformational experience that is an ongoing journey of adapting and redirecting to find new ways of coping to maintain an attitude that promotes health and healing? I do, yes. Um, life is changing daily. You know, like, so for example, my eye disease has been progressive, progressively getting worse with age. But then in daily events, situations will challenge me, that type of thing. Um, different technologies change with accommodations, different things with my, you know, um, a bad day with anxiety and worry. Some days of depression, not wanting to even get out of bed. So in working my recovery, it is a transformation daily and coping and different tools. And I don't know if I answered that right, but that's part of, you know, it is an ongoing, um, you know, ongoing move in my recovery. Well, it makes sense to me what you said, Brent. And I think, I think, uh, I think that's an interesting point you make about the new and um, accommodations that people can can um, have in their lives, because I don't think people know enough about accommodations and the fact that they can ask for accommodations in their lives. So I, I think that could be a whole nother um, that could be a whole nother podcast or a whole nother uh, Facebook Live event about how to do that and how to, how people can ask for accommodations. But I, I do think that my life is is about redirecting and and actually finding purpose despite this limiting, um, limiting things in my life, you know, like, like I talked to you about the goalpost moving, I'm in the process, uh, uh, Amanda, I'm in the process of doing that very thing, finding new things in my life to make meaning and purpose out of my life, despite the, the physical limitations I have found myself in at the moment. Amen. And that's what gives me hope. 
You were talking about hope, Brent, and that's what gives me hope. Yes, me also. You mentioned the word purpose, and the purpose is um, I have to have purpose in what I'm doing. I have to know the purpose and feel the purpose for me to move that direction, you know, with, um, with faith. Mm-hmm. So what are some, what are some other examples that you've, um, you worked with, worked with peers, other people with other disabilities, you know, some of the chronic pain dealing with, um, maybe people with, um, injuries from auto accidents, spinal cord injury, that type of thing, you know, also dealing with um, substance use disorders and mental health. What are some other things you've worked with some of the peers? A a lot of the peers that we work with and that I've worked with are people, um, are people that are on the mental health waiver. So there are people who have a combination of um, mental health um, diagnosis, but they also have some physical health issues as well. And so a lot of that discussion is, is um, finding, finding purpose, finding meaning, and also understanding that some of those very things that we consider at, you know, um, might feel like tools for aged, maybe tools for wellness rather than that, you know? And so we talk about how those things help us stay in the community and stay well and able to do what we want to do with our lives. And so uh, if you don't mind, we'll go to the chat here and it's from Ashley. Uh, What message would you give someone just starting their journey with your shared lived experience? Well, I'll just start with myself. And I, I was just sharing this with someone that I know who has a, 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 a granddaughter who has cerebral palsy. And it, and it was just someone who I wanted to impart and, and share the journey that I've had. And that is that I think one of the things that my parents, I love them dearly, they did for me so well was to let me live a life like everyone else. One of the things they didn't let me know was that when I was 35, my life would start to change with lots of different things of chronic pain and arthritis and limitations of movement and things like that. And so what can I do for myself and in my life when I'm younger to help prevent myself from experiencing such a change so so, so, so early and so differently? And of course, I went to the Shriners Hospital when I was, till I was 17. And they wanted me to do stretching exercises. And I was like, oh, I'm fine. I have a little, I have a mild case. I'm lucky. (laughs) I love to do this. But I would really, I'd want to ask them what their dreams are. I'd want to ask them what their plans are for their life. What would you love to do with your life? And and how would you want to get there? And, and, and what do you want to know? And ask them what they want to know about life, you know, instead of telling them what to do. But I would like to share with them what I know, but only with what they want, what they want to ask me, you know, because I could tell them a lot of stuff. But what does that do? People told me a lot of stuff and it didn't do much. 
<laughs> I think mostly that do your best to treat yourself right. Cause I didn't do, do well by myself and I'm paying the price, but I think all of us is that's the human experience, right? 70% of us are overweight and don't eat right. And <laughs> learning, you know? learning for learning for our mistakes. Right. And, and I think we all have to learn from our own, you know, I think that's the thing. So, so in, uh, so in my life, um, kind of similar, my family, um, growing up, my grandfather had the eye disease. My mom was a carrier to me. So they knew, but it wasn't a stopper in life. And, um, the one thing I wish is that I had not been given the opportunity to, to train beforehand for any braille or any um, different skills. Um, Montana doesn't offer a lot of things. After the fact, I found out a lot of things in you know other states that are to help educate and prepare for the blind for the blindness. And um, early in my you know in teen my teen years and stuff, um, I really struggled with the the mental health and the and the fear, the unknown, you know, and depression, and that led then to self you know the use of alcohol. So I do, you know, I want to share this is that like kind of she said too, as Michelle was saying that early in life, you know, to work with ourselves, if we know the diagnosis to work the physical disability to do our best to prepare or be aware of the um, tools we have. Um, but then also that to have a hope there is, there's nothing that can stop us if we don't let it, you know, we are we allow the barriers and the obstacles to get in our way. You know, we can go over, around, and through them if we want, but we have to empower ourselves to do this. So I guess that's part of my sharing my own story is just uh, the hope. One last thing too, or one other thing I'd like to say about that is that, I mean, and I even tried, you know, to share this with our daughter, and I think she she uses this, is that the power of recovery planning is amazing. So you can use this with any part of your life. It doesn't have to be about mental health or you know just physical health. It could be any kind of goal that you have in your life. The power of you planning your own life and your tools and your wellness action planning is is it's amazing if you if you do it and and when i've taken the time to set myself down and actually set that goal and you know put the action take the action steps to do it it's it's amazing um and i think that i mean we've talked a lot about our physical health here and uh, and and you've talked you've touched on hope and you've touched on you know empowering ourselves but recovery planning can be so powerful to any facet of our life that I just can't say enough about it. I mean, yes, the purpose and goals and knowing that we are, we are individuals, you know, and the advocacy, that type of thing is just, 
you know, it's empowering to utilize those tools in our recovery and, to, you know, to, to be healthier. Yeah, one of the most, one of the most empowering thing I've done this last week is go to the Capitol and, you know, advocate for the peers, the peer support specialists to have a, to have a seat on the board of behavioral health. And you walk away from that and go, that was scary, but it was well worth it. You know, I don't know how it's going to all turn out, but I did what I could do about it. So. But even the role you played as an advocate was empowering. Mm -hmm. Nice. Okay. Anything else in the chat? It looks like that is it for now. How much time so, do we have? So now it looks like we're ready to, uh, I'm, am I getting a signal to wrap up? Yeah, so I'm getting a signal to wrap up there, Brent. Okay. So thank everybody for joining us today for Recovery Talks Live, the event, Montana's Peer Network. Please visit our website at mtpeernetwork.org for future trainings, uh, Facebook Live events, so forth, things like this. Thank you for coming today. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works, recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. <laughs> recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.